Joining me in the studio this morning, I've got Ryan Painter, financial advisor at Edward Jones. How you doing, my man? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, you are lamenting your your uh, Cub season the same way I am my Pirate <laughs> season at this point in time. <laughs> man, what a wild uh, ride! You know, you guys were fast out of the gates. So I guess the Cubs were too, and then you know, it's like it's the law of averages, right? It's, it's eventually baseball. It's, baseball. it's baseball. Yeah, that's Cubs. Cubs got swept by the Reds, and then they've taken two of the first three here <laughs> one against of the, the, uh, of one of the best teams of baseball. So that's, there you go. That's baseball for you. We, yeah, the Pirates start 20-8, and eight, and we'll probably lose 100 games. When can you start 20-8 and eight and still lose 100 games? That would be historic right there. Oh. So I don't know. But it's baseball, man. We love it. We're going to watch anyway. I know it. Right? It's those, those early season predictors, you know, when they come out with all that stuff, you're like, how they come up with this stuff, but <laughs> but then it seems like they always end up pretty yeah. close in the end, you know. Everybody in baseball bats between <clears throat> two twenty and three hundred, and everybody's right around five hundred on the season. That's baseball every single summer. That's right, That's the way it is. All right, yeah, uh, we both we certainly have a have a love for baseball. Um, we also have love for money. Yeah, you know? I mean, I mean you everybody's know, got a, you should have a love for money. Yeah, anyway. you gotta you gotta at least care about it, anyways. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's a good point. You should at least care about it. Um, I mean, what's I mean, it's how's, what's what's the climate like right now? Uh, you know, this whole last it's a loaded question, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of moving uh, dynamics going on here in the last really the last 18 months. If you go back to the beginning of 2021 or 2022, I'm sorry. Um, it's been sort of a slow, steady decline in the economy slowing down, which then eventually translates into the stock market. Because you could argue, uh, sometimes people want to equate the two, the stock market and the economy. Um, they're related, but they're not the same thing. And typically, it's interesting. Yeah, I'd say that the stock market's more of a, almost more of a thermometer of the economy. Um, and, and typically, um, the stock market will um, will lead actually the economy uh, by about six months. So, in other words, if you think about uh, the way 2022 went, if you were kind of paying attention, stock market started going down at the beginning of 2022. I mean, pretty much right out of the gates. Um, but it wasn't until summer, late summer, that you started hearing people on the news talk about the actual uh, GDP numbers being lower. And then we had two negative quarters of GDP. And so by September, um, you had uh, the word recession being thrown around. Um, and so you, know, you think about that's about a six, six to yeah. nine month lag yep. time of the stock market was showing this is what's going on underneath. And then it happened. Then the, the opposite will be true too. So when, um, the stock market starts going up consistently, there's going to be doubt because people will say, well, we're not seeing that, you know, in the economic numbers. Well, because people in the markets, people, investors are always trying to get out in front, right? So they're going to try to sell before the actual reality hits. And they're going to try to buy before the reality hits, try to get out in front and buy low. And they're going to try to sell high. Makes total sense. It makes total sense, right? And so... Uh, and that's been pretty consistent. It's about a six-month lag time. So on the positive side, when we start seeing stocks, you know, and, and we've seen them come up a little bit this year. Um, now, you're going to get the other side of the coin, which is, is there a, uh, a false uh, sort of false flag or a false um, 
a false front happening where the market goes up, but that's just the calm before it goes back down. Uh, and that can happen too before it inevitably finally settles in and comes back up in a, in a more long, long cycle. Um, we're not 100% sure. You never know. That's that's part of the, the uh, I don't have a crystal ball, sure. right? Sure. Uh, we've seen different periods in history uh, do both. So, um, and that's part of what's hard about navigating this time too is you know, I get a lot of people, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Are you, is, is the market going up? Is it a good time to invest? Um, and I always respond probably in a way that nobody loves, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's true though. There's, it's always a good time to invest. Sometimes the truth isn't, is the pretty thing. That's right. It's always a good time to invest. Um, and when you have the money available, that's the best time to invest because, um, if you try to wait around until the absolute perfect timing, which nobody can do perfectly, um, you will inevitably either miss it or you'll spend the money before you have time yep. to actually invest it. Um, and so it's better to just, when you have the money, um, be consistent with your approach, be systematic about it. If you can put in a monthly sort of you know, way, or even if you say, well, I've got a lump here, a lump sum that I want to invest. Uh, we call it dollar cost averaging. You could you could put a little bit in, you know, over the course of a, of a couple months when you're not really sure, you know, what's going on. But it's better to do that than to try to um, time the market. Um, the 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 old adage, <clears throat> the corny phrase in our business is it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. <laughs> and so, um, but it's true. You know, time is the the great equalizer in this whole thing because we can look any one year period. Yeah, who knows what it's going to do tomorrow, up and down. But if you look at five year periods, ten year periods, fifteen, twenty year periods, consistently, uh, you make money over time. And uh, and if you can buy more when things are down, that's even better. And it happens that everything is down right now. I can't promise that in six months it's going to be higher, sure. but I can promise if you buy right now and you wait, you know, and you invest and you're patient, uh, that's going to turn out really well for you. So, um, you know, I can't give you a specific number or percentage, but I can tell you that you'll, you'll make money, you know, if you're buying in a time like this because uh, stocks are down, bonds are down. Bonds had their worst year in 2022. Um, the way it was told to me, again, so you could fact check me or this, but this was, it was said that it's the worst year in 2022 for bonds since George Washington became president. No kidding. Yes. So, and that's it's been just what, 20, 30 years? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> just total return wise. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and then that's because of the interest rates going up. So, um, you know, you kind of pre-meeting, we were kind of talking about, you know, some of the topics, you know, and you'd said, well, you know, what, what was kind of the cause or, or thing, you know, what was going on in 2022? The entire story of 2022 could be boiled down to uh, inflation and the response to inflation. Those two dynamics accounted for the majority of what was going on last year. Um, and... Sure, there's politics and things that, that, that play into it, but some of it was just the inevitable wave um, 
of I would call it the post-COVID wave. Yeah. You know, we had this seismic, um, you know, global event that happened, and the world shut down. So supply was absolutely destroyed for a little while, and then we gave a lot of money out. You know, printed a lot of money, and that was instant demand. So you have instant demand, high demand, low supply. It's the definition of inflation. Sure. We just didn't feel it at that moment. It took about 18 months for that to show up and then really showed up in 2022. And so we shouldn't be surprised because the writing was on the wall then. And people, there were some people shouting it at that point. Um, But you know, it's kind of like, hey, what do you mean? Yeah, I mean this is great. I got extra couple, yeah, extra couple thousand dollars. I'm buying a TV here. I'm just it's trying like, to find toilet yeah. paper at this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's good for the economy. You know, that's right. That's right. right. So, um, you know, we've got uh, we've got um, you know that effect, and then then that started to to play into uh, companies' bottom line as their costs started going up and their revenues were either stagnant uh, or, or going up at marginal rates where they maybe had seen double-digit growth over the last, you know, five years or something. So things were slowing down and their costs were going up. They were getting squeezed on their margins. And, and really the whole stock market could be boiled down to um, this dance between expectations and results. So companies set expectations we wait in anticipation for the next three or four months until they tell us how did they do, you know, <laughs> and expectations, and then well, how, what are the results? And if they miss and are below expectations, that their stock's going to go down. Um, and when that happens three or four quarters in a row, that's how you get, you know, what was going on last year. And there were specific, you know, sectors of the economy that, that got hit harder, um, technology in particular. Those are really heavy um, profit. I mean, every company is profit dependent, but but specifically those technology companies, they uh, they they had high valuations, and people paid big premiums to buy those companies. And so when they miss on their earnings, it, they get hammered for it. And that's really what was going on last year. And then it plays into the Silicon Valley Bank thing because that was all tech, right? Technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it all makes sense when you see it kind of laid out in front, um, you know. And so then you get the layoffs in technology that you've seen this year. Sure. Um, so we don't know 100% in 2023 if that trend is going to translate across every sector because it's primarily really been uh, affecting the technology sector as far as um you know the hardest hit sector, and then the layoffs that have ha- that have followed. We haven't been seeing layoffs at places like Home Depot and Pepsi and oh. things like that. But if it if things continue to slow, or if inflation um, continues to uh, take a long time to come down, um, and the Fed potentially needs to start raising rates again, um, then we could see a longer recovery process. But at the moment, things are kind of holding. And there's lots of factors we're waiting on 
what's going to happen with this debt ceiling thing, what's going to happen with inflation, what's going to happen with unemployment rates. These are all levers that are playing into what happens with the stock market. Great information. Uh, we're speaking with, with Ryan Painter, financial advisor at Edward Jones. Um, and you and I were talking off the air that I, you know, everybody needs to start saving it for retirement, whatever the case may be. I know I need to start putting in more. Let's just kind of break it down through somebody in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I mean, what should they be thinking in maybe in each decade? Yeah. So if you're really young right now, um, 20, 30 years old, you've got time. Time is your friend. We just talked about time is the X factor. Um, yeah, you can do a lot of Googling and find the best, you know, investments or come see someone like me and I can point you to the best investments. But honestly, that's not the hard part. Finding good investments is not hard. You know, it sounds like I'm putting myself out of a job, but honestly, <laughs> anybody can Google what are the best performing mutual funds and you can look that up. Um, and you'll be successful if you use those funds. I mean, no doubt. The problem is where I come in and where I can help somebody is, is vision casting and, um, and motivating and accountability and um, really um, you know, getting the broader picture, all, all those pieces put together. That's, what, that's the X factor that I can bring to the table because um, the individual investor historically um, is very skittish. Sure. So they want to jump in and out. If they're on their own, they got nobody to talk to, nobody to talk to about stuff like this. They hear things like debt ceiling, inflation, and they're like, I'm out, you know, and they pull that out. And the worst thing you can do is try to jump in and out of the market. The rate of return of the individual investor is horrible. It's like worse than inflation. It's like 2%, you know, so average rate of return. And so, um, the young person needs to find someone to work with, get some good quality investments, and just start dripping, just start putting in. Just do something. And if you just do something and get in the habit of saving. Getting in the habit's a big thing. Yeah, get in the habit of saving. Um, and I would, I'm a big proponent of budgeting. I'm a big proponent of, of you know, having an emergency fund, that's another huge part of this. If you have some savings, some emergency money, then that allows you to invest and not touch your investments. Um, that's the other thing that happens to the individual investor is they're like, well, I've got $5,000 sitting in my bank account. That needs to be invested. I should be investing that right now. It shouldn't be just sitting making nothing. Lo and behold, that's their emergency fund. And what happens when you invest your emergency fund and it goes down? you're a little concerned, you freak out and you pull it back out. And now you just locked in a loss and did you no good. Would have been much better for it to just sit in cash because that was your emergency fund. That wasn't your retirement money. Um, so you need to have these buckets, I would call them, you know, sort of um, different purposes for the money that you've, that you've got. You've got to have some short-term cash and, and liquid uh, access to that if you have emergencies. And then you've got to have other buckets that are for retirement or for, you know, kids college or building a house or whatever is important to you. Um, you know, I think retirement's probably the most important because you know, people are vastly underprepared for it in sure. general. Um, but, um, but that's, that's the idea. Then as you get a little bit older, um, you know, so if you're getting into your thirties, uh, or forties, uh, people think, uh, 
you know, now I've, got, I've had a job for a little while. Um, maybe you're starting to have kids and you're starting to manage. And it does get harder and harder because you start to develop um, certain lifestyles, certain uh, expectations. And so it really is a matter of breaking whatever cycles you're in to uh, make that a priority to start saving. But it absolutely is never too late. Mm-hmm. Never, ever, ever too late. Um, because even a 10, 15, 20 year um, accumulation period is is very successful if you can if you can stick to it and, and be consistent with it. So um, that would be my advice. And then as you get closer to retirement, especially, uh, I think that sometimes the uh, there's kind of two ways you can go about it. Either you can be too aggressive, meaning like you feel like you're invincible. You've been in this accumulation phase. Maybe you've been um, saving through the last 15 years and things have been really, really good. And it's like, man, I can be 90% <laughs> stocks and that's that's the way to go. And I'm making money like hand over fist. And then a year like last year happens and you took it on the chin, market was down 18%, bonds were down 13%, and you know there's just nowhere to hide last year. And so, um, you know, I think keeping things balanced and keeping things appropriate for your age and your risk tolerance is the way to go. Um, and then as you enter into the uh, distribution phase, we call it a retirement, where you're starting to take money out to live off of, then that's the, probably the most critical time to be working with someone because it's easy. You can have 10 different accounts that you've accumulated over the years. People have lots of 401ks spread out all over the place. Um, and that's okay when you're just saving and you're not touching it and it's just going up and it's invested and you're, not, you're just basically ignoring it. But when it comes time to start to pull from those resources, you really need someone who can either, you know, either on paper pull it all together and tell you here's what you need to do or literally start to consolidate. And I think that's probably the better option um, because, you know, you don't want to get 10 different streams of income that are coming from 10 different places. It'd be much easier if you had one or two uh, sources as you're drawing in retirement that you can say, okay, I know I've got a plan. Um, I've got a plan for what happens if the market goes up, what happens if the market goes down, what happens if the market goes down three or four years in a row? How does my plan hold up in that? And so there's technology and there's strategies that you can use to manage that. But you really need to have a professional who knows what they're doing, you know, help you with it. Awesome. This is always, always great information, Ryan. And for, and for folks that are listening and, and need more detailed information, maybe tailored to their own personal use, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, thanks. So um, we're... Um, and have been now, it's crazy, since 2016, we've been out at the um, the shopping center that's right across from Fairway, across from County Market on the corner there, right out by sh- the old Shopco building. Um, and we're so we're just in there, and there's a U.S. Cellular in that building as well. And so that's our location. Our number is 309-734-1950, 1950. You know, it's an easy one to remember. That was just luck, by the way. Didn't request that. But uh, we were pretty happy about it. Um, And, um, you know, I'm available by email, too, at ryan.painter at edwardjones.com. Or uh, if you search me on edwardjones.com, you can find our 
our office website on there as well. Um, and you can send a message if you, you can inquire about, you know, things. And there's lots of great information on the Edward Jones website too, you know, market updates and, you know, investment, you know, ideas and things like that. So, no, we're very available. I try to keep out in the community too. You do a great job uh, of getting well, out in the community. Thank you, thank you. Very, very good job. Um, I don't know how you find time to sleep. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what my wife says too. So uh, you got Stephanie doing your yeah, yeah, like that's doing right. your yes, schedule. That's there you right. Go. Between Stephanie and my wife, um, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have them because I would be in big trouble. But. Um, even today, she, Stephanie sent me a message and said, don't forget about your your uh, radio thing. I was like, oh, I totally forgot oh, that's about right. it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, I knew. I remember. So, <laughs> so yeah, crucial to have good people helping you. Uh, and, um, but, um, but no, yeah, we, uh, and, and we are, you know, still um, helping folks and, and taking on clients, you know. Um, it's busy, so you definitely want to call and, um, you know, set up a time, you know, an appointment or something. You can call Stephanie. Uh, at the office there, um, but uh, but yeah, we're open book. I do have um, uh, like a monthly. Try to do a monthly market update on like a Zoom. So if you're interested in that, um, you know, give us a, a, a holler as well, and we could get you on an email list uh, to 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 sit on sit in on that sometime. Usually not a huge crowd, maybe 10, 12 people will jump on, uh, but I'll try to kind of give some. Um, relevant market information, something uh, that's going on, and, and everybody hopefully learns something in the process. Very cool. Always always uh, love getting a chance to get caught up and teach me something about money. All I know is how to spend it. That's it. That's it. That's why I go to folks like you. Tell me how to spend it wisely. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Ryan Painter, financial advisor at Edward Jones, here on The Morning Show. We'll go back to our uh, local news.